Are you ready to take control of your wealth and design the life you envision for yourself and your family? Welcome to Wealth of Insight with Austin Wittenberg from Wittenberg Wealth Partners. Austin guides you through the entire planning process to help you build a plan that seeks to protect your financial future. He empowers you with creative investment opportunities and planning ideas to help you understand and achieve your long-term goals. It's time to gain confidence in your financial future. Now, onto the show. Welcome back to the Wealth of Insight podcast. I'm your host, Austin Wittenberg, joined by Wendy McConnell today. Thanks for joining us, Wendy. Happy to be here. You know, today I thought I'd talk about why it's such a good time to be a saver in the world. You know, it's been a long time since being quote unquote a saver has paid this good, right? We all know interest rates have been low for a long time. Um, and there's sort of over the last year, interest rates have risen. Now there's come with that a number of issues that we've talked about on numerous episodes previously, but a handful of really good opportunities have arisen as well. So I wanted to just take a look at those today. Okay. Sounds good. So for the longest time, really since I've so I've been a financial advisor since 2011, and for, basically over the period of that whole time, there's a, a saying called TINA or T-I-N-A, which stood for, there is no alternative. And essentially that was used to justify, hey, you've got to invest in stocks because there's no there's nowhere else to go. Interest rates are so low that holding bonds or safe, quote unquote, safe assets, even keeping your money in the bank just didn't make sense. So there's no alternative. Let's just buy stocks. And that had been true, you know, or used to justify buying stocks, I guess you could say, for the last decade. But things have definitely shifted over the last 12 to 18 months. And, but, but, that being said, I was blown away by this. So I, I'm going to put you on the spot here. I didn't prep you for this. I want you to take a guess at this. So this number would be as of March 2023, the national average for a savings account in the United States. How much is in uh, the average person? The, sorry, account? what the interest rate is on an on the average savings account. So you oh. have money in your bank in your savings account. We know rates have gone up over the last right. year or so. I want you to take a guess at what the average interest rate is nationally. 3%. 3%. Great guess. 10 times higher than what it actually is. So as of okay. March, <laughs> yeah, right? So that's what I would think too. And you're seeing, so we'll, and we'll get into where that's coming from. But right now, if you look across to the FDIC, we, we're familiar with the FDIC here recently as well with some of the bank failures. Well, we may touch on that a little bit as well. But the FDIC in March 2023, they took they just looked across the whole country. What is the national average savings rate? It was 0.37%. What? Which seems criminal. Well. <laughs> I'm going to put that in quotes so that I don't get in trouble for saying that. But the banks have still tricked people into keeping their money in the bank and only paying them 0.37 and the bank can turn around and loan that out to somebody at six and a half for a mortgage. So that's why I wanted to have this episode today because that we still are seeing with so many clients and you know people that we're talking to them keeping money in the bank and there you know there are reasons you need to have money in the bank and some of this is driven a little bit by there's plenty of uncertainty in the world, right? There's 
We got recession potential coming up. We got inflation is out of control. Again, another reason why you don't want to be getting 0.37 because you're just losing to inflation. But there are really good alternatives out there for people to get closer to or even higher than the 3% you said because their bank is still tricking them into keeping it there for 0.37%. So let's get into those options here. You know, as I just mentioned, it does make sense for you to, even if you're only getting 0.37, you've got to just have some money in cash in your savings account, quote unquote, your emergency fund, right? You just quick, easy, you tire, you're, you need a new engine in your car or whatever it may be, just quick, easy access to your money. Everybody knows the general rules of thumb there, three right. to 6% of your monthly expenses just sitting in cash. Now I tend to be more of a three month kind of person, but other, you know, we work with people who have, I, I don't think there's a right answer, I guess is my point there. There's not a right answer to how much you should, should have there. But what we do see or what we try to help with clients as we understand what their expenses are, shrinking that to the, the number that makes the most sense. Again, I mean, probably people are going to get sick of me saying this because they're only getting 0.37%. Right. Mm-hmm. If it's just what was sitting. that percentage again? I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm gonna there's gonna be another quiz at the end here. That's okay. the, only, the only answer you're gonna have to know though. So um right. So you got you just the liquidity of having it in the savings account, you gotta be able to get to it, easy access. The cons of keeping too much cash right now, especially, is inflation, right? We're seeing inflation come down. I think the newest reports were right in the fives person, you know, it was as high as like eight. Mm. Down, it's coming down. But again, if inflation is five and you're getting less than five on whatever you're investing in, you're still losing purchasing power. So we want to try to bridge that gap at least as much as possible, if not at least match inflation, basically. And then when inflation's as as high as it's been recently, you're never gonna see quote unquote safe or cash type assets get you that much. But as inflation comes down, hopefully we get to an equilibrium where at least keeping your money in the bank at least matches what the inflation rate is. So pro of savings account, you can get it really easy. Con, you're getting 0.37 and inflation is still beating you. So we've seen now, and maybe this is where you were getting that 3% number because we're getting bombarded with all these ads for high yield savings accounts. They're popping up everywhere. Traditionally, most of these that I'm seeing at least are with online only banks. So not bank, you know, your traditional brick and mortar got to go into the bank. Those banks are still paying you those low rates, but we've seen over the last 12 months, all these high yield savings rates or savings accounts pop up. And so by definition, it's, you know, it's, I guess, relatively self-explanatory there. It's a savings account, but it offers a higher yield somewhere. You know, I'm seeing right now north of 4% even just for keeping it there. So a much, you know, again, as I, you know, that's 10 to 15 times higher than what the average savings account is. So what are some of the um, things we need to keep in mind if we're looking to open a high yield savings account? Yeah, that is a great question. So there are definitely you know pros here being higher um, rates for sure. 
couple cons and things you need to be mindful of and watching. So a lot of these are now offering sort of introductory, hey, it's going to be, your rate is going to be 4% X for the first six months, but the rates on these do change. So I have used some of these in the past and your rates sort of go up and down as interest rates change. So it's definitely something you want to monitor. If you do sign up for one of these high yield savings accounts, it's not a set it and forget it type of thing. Because it may be that they're, whichever one you picked was trying to get a lot of money. So they had this awesome introductory offer. But after that introductory period, they're not as competitive. There are other options out there. So that's something you really want to look out for. And you know, as I mentioned, with just holding it in cash, that access or liquidity is a is a huge pro with these high yield savings accounts they they most likely in most cases have some sort of withdrawal restriction now that doesn't mean that your money's locked up and you can't touch it but a handful of them have rules in place where maybe you can only transfer out let's say six times per month so if you you still have access to your money but you need to be really thoughtful about what you're doing because they only to to, to give you that higher rate they limit your access a little bit. Okay. Um, so that's, those are, I think the biggest things. Now you also want to double check for fees, right? In the, for the most part, they're offering these higher rates, but there may be fees or, and the other thing to consider is account minimums. So because again, they're offering these higher rates, there's probably going to be some type of account minimum. It's not going to be significant. You know, it's not going to be, you got to have a million dollars, a lot of them are a thousand or maybe five thousand dollars that you need to to open the account to qualify for that higher rate. But those are some of the cons there of what how you really want to consider. So again, you don't want to just take a hundred percent of what you have in your savings account at the bank and move it to something like that because of some of those restrictions. So you know, again, it's almost like a layered approach. Still got to keep your your emergency fund in your bank. But above and beyond that, there are some other alternatives that still are relatively safe. Now, again, nothing's guaranteed, right? These most high-yield savings accounts still qualify for FDIC insurance, which is, again, another important thing to consider. And that's for, again, balances under 250000 Most people, that's not an issue to stay under. Two hundred and fifty thousand, right? So not for me. Yeah, <laughs> you're not alone there, right? That's um, certainly well. But again, you want to you layer sort of your assets throughout these different things we're talking about today to give yourself earning as much as you possibly can, but not strapping yourself so that you're stuck if you need cash because it's in one of these other places, right? Those high yield saving accounts are liquid, but again, they may limit you. Gotcha. Another thing that we're starting to see pop up, you know, que- get questions about from clients a lot is with CDs at their bank or certificates of deposit. Now, these are going to be similar to these high yield savings accounts from an interest rate perspective. You know, they're starting to be a lot higher interest rates there, but they're, those come with even more significant sort of withdrawal restrictions. So most CDs you sign up for, hey, this is going to be a six month, 12 month. 24 month, whatever your period is that you sign up for. And if you try to access the funds prior to that, they're, they are going to assess you a penalty. Typically somewhere, you know, they may take three months of 
interest off the top or something like that, right? There's going to be some sort of fee. So that's, you know, again, they're locking that up. Now, you may want to do that for some of your assets because you're getting a fixed rate. As I just mentioned with those high yield savings accounts, those rates are going to fluctuate, right? They're going to go up and down. And we are anticipating interest rates over the next, let's call it year or so, to start trending back down. And the Fed has continued to raise rates in their last meeting. They, they said, hey, we may be starting to pause this. And the market's really expecting that as we get into the end of this year, early next year, rates start to come back down. So that may make something like a CD a little bit more attractive because you know, hey, for 12 months or 18 months, I'm, this rate is is guaranteed, right? It's going to be paid. And it's about the same amount as a high yield. Yeah, you're getting count. you're getting maybe a little bit of a bonus, maybe a you know an extra tenth or a quarter of a percent okay. in those CDs, depending on. Right, there's so many options out there with banks. You know, there's so many banks, and so so it's hard to say exactly. But I personally wouldn't sign up for a CD unless it was giving me more money than those high yield savings accounts, just because of that extra liquidity restriction, right? Because I can't access my money, you better be giving me something more than I can find in one of those high yield savings accounts or else there's no real reason to do it. You know, so the, the bank is sort of, I don't know if praying is the right word, but they're hoping that clients, uh, you know, and I would, should say this is probably the older demographic sees the high CD rates. They haven't seen those in a long time and they just sign up for them without doing their research and without looking around. And so that's sort of what the bank is hoping for. But if you're looking around, there's lots of online places you can go to compare and you don't, you know, certainly don't want to sign up for a CD if they're not giving you more than what you could get just with one of those high yield savings accounts. Okay. Makes sense. Yeah. Yep. And, you know, again, these are things that people thought about 20 years ago when rates were high as well, but we just, you know, it's not, not something people have had to really worry about here until recently. Mm -hmm. So there's a one other, a couple other things to consider. And this one I wanted to mention briefly because it's what you're going to see inside of most commonly, you're going to see something like this inside of your 401k or retirement plan that you have at work. And that is money market mutual funds. So it's a mutual fund. It's got a ticker. Again, it's available inside of your work retirement plan. And those are now start again, have been paying zero for the longest time, but are starting to raise their rates as well. So a couple of important things to know here is you can buy these outside of mutual funds as well. These types of cash funds or outside of, excuse me, you can buy these outside of your 401k as well. So it's not only your retirement plans. Anywhere you can buy mutual funds, you can buy these types of funds. Important distinction here from the high yield savings accounts that we were just talking about. These most of the time, so it's, you know, again, there may be one out there that, that has FDIC insurance, but most of the time, these funds are not going to offer you FDIC insurance. Okay. So that's that's a really important thing. Again, if if that's something you're worried about, you want to make sure if you know that you find something that is FDIC insured. So there's a handful of different types of these money market accounts. The first being sort of a, what they call a government money market account. So that that money market account invests primarily in 
government bonds, right? So they're buying U.S. treasuries, very safe, short assets. In that case, they're guaranteed by the U.S. treasury. But again, that's not the same thing as FDIC insurance. So just something to... Um, and so they're typically, you know, a fund like that would own, let's say, 99% of their assets are going to be U.S. treasuries or something similar to that. Okay. If you're owning something like this outside of your 401k, you may consider a municipal money market fund. The reason you would own that is now it's owning municipal bonds. So those may be slightly riskier than the treasuries, but... One of the pros there is that interest would be tax-free. And I guess that's something I should mention here, right? As we're talking about how interest rates have gone up, all of these things are positive things, but you do have to pay tax on that interest, right? So even though what? you're earning, yeah. No way. <laughs> hey, that's sort that is sort of a bummer. You think all oh, my savings account, I'm getting four percent. That's great. Well, yeah, it is great. But even in your savings account at the bank, they're sending you a 1099 you're paying tax. So that 4% turns into three and a half pretty quickly just because of the taxes. But again, that you're even on the 0.37% ding, there it is again. Um, you're still paying tax on that too, right? So your 0.37 turns into 0.3 or your four can turn into three and a half. I'd still rather take that three and a half even after taxes. Okay. Makes sense. But with these money, with the municipal money market funds, then you can get some of that tax-free. Again, there's different risks associated with with each of these things. They're still going to be buying really short-term fixed income, short-term bond-related things. And that tax-free is something that could be could really matter depending on your tax rate and the account size, right? So something to keep in mind there. Um, you know, and those funds are have historically shown to be stable and secure. You know, there's always market changes that may impact that, and money market funds have. There have been certain funds, not the industry or not sort of the category as a whole, but through the 2008 financial crisis, there was a few of those funds that actually did get into a little bit of trouble. Not necessarily going under, necessarily, but it's important to remember here: you're getting a little bit higher interest rate your liquidity may be limited here as well. And that's what happened in the 2008 financial crisis is not everybody was able to sell it right away. There was some restrictions because the fund wasn't able to get the cash to send back to people. So something to be aware of, if you're looking at these money market mutual funds, again, you're you're getting a higher interest rate, but it may not be as accessible as you need it to be. So it really makes sense to sit down and and take a look at your your overall picture, making sure you keep what you need easily accessible. Okay. Um, because it can be a good way to diversify, right? So you, rather than just being all with one bank paying you, you invest in one of these money market mutual funds and inside of that fund, they own a, you know, a number of different things. But again, that liquidity is the reason that you want to really make sure, hey, if I do this, I want to make sure I can keep that there and I'm not going to need to access it just because there may be some, some limitations there. Mm -hmm. I want my money. Give me yeah, my money. That's right. <laughs> and that again is one of the things the bank really loves that you say, because then they can give you 0.37% just to make sure that you have easy access. Right. right. So we just want to make sure that you're maximizing 
as much as you can without, again, you know, it, these are totally di- the use for this money for most of our clients when we're having, you know, this is money. A, they know they're, you know, they want to just keep safe. They know they may need it within the next little while. So the stock market just doesn't make a lot of sense here, right? Over, if you're looking at, hey, what is over the next five, 10, 20, 30 years, if you're trying to really maximize your rate of return, you're more likely to be able to do that in the stock market. But if you just, you know, you want to keep some money safe, you know, you've got some expenses coming up or whatever it may be, that's really what this, you know, what we're talking about today. You know, inflation still is a risk with any of the things we've talked about again, money market mutual funds, high yield savings rates, CDs, inflation is still something we want to be tracking. Um, that seems, you know, that's probably with all of these you know, safer, more cash-like assets, that's really the biggest risk. And as we're sitting down with clients, especially as we're talking retirement planning, everybody wants to be safe because it's, you know, you've you've worked your whole life towards retirement, you've accumulated what you can accumulate. Well, now I just want to keep it in cash and spend from it. But inflation over time really digs into that. So we've got to have again a balance of of all of these things. Makes sense. The last thing I wanted to talk about here is, and well, I briefly mentioned them, I think, with the money market mutual funds, but is just buying treasury bills or treasure U.S. treasuries directly from the U.S. treasury. So you can get access to them through these money market mutual funds, but you can also just go directly to the treasury to buy them. So um, there's a number of different options there, anything from a really one month, three month, six month, nine month, out to a year, out to five years, 10 years, you could even buy a 30 year treasury. Now that's not something I would recommend just typically for the an individual person here. We're just looking for on the short end, I want my money to be safe, but I want to earn a better interest rate than what the banks are paying me. Treasuries can be a great place to do that. So we're going to focus mostly here on treasury bills which are one year or under from the U.S. Treasury. So with the U.S. Treasury bill, you can it's backed by the U.S. Treasury. So what, what they say is the full faith and credit of the United States. And take that for what it's worth. That's, you know, it's probably about, from my standpoint, about one of the safest things you could do, sort of because the people who owe you the money back are the same people that can print the money. So if they... <laughs> If they need it, they can just print it, right? So that that's a whole other discussion about yeah. printing money and that kind of stuff, right? <laughs> that's we're sort of why we're in the position we're in, I guess, today. But again, benefits to all the printing and everything that's happened over the last few years is you can now buy the U.S. Treasury, and we've seen you know that does that number fluctuates quite a bit. We've seen those even as on a one year, even as high as about five percent, so slightly long, slightly even more than the CDs or money market mutual, or sorry, the high yield savings accounts that we've talked about. And, you know, I think that's again, sort of the way it needs to be because you're signing up in this instance, you'd be signing up for a year. So if you're going to hold it for a year, I better get a little bit extra for committing to that. Right Mm -hmm. now, the nice thing about treasuries, and maybe this is just as you would compare them to CDs, your rate is guaranteed for the time you sign up for. So that would be different than this, or this, you know, the same as the CD, you're getting that guaranteed rate, but you can sell in the middle, but you're not necessarily guaranteed 
to get that interest rate or a percentage of that interest rate unless you hold it until the end. Because interest rates move, bonds are inversely correlated and treasuries are inversely correlated to interest rates. So if interest rates continue to go up and you own a treasury, the value of that treasury today may decrease as a result. So again, if you hold it to the end of the period, it doesn't matter. You get what you signed up for. But if you try to sell it early and rates have moved against you, you're not guaranteed to get your full money back. So again, something to just be cognizant of. If you're going to buy something like a treasury, you want to make sure that's money that you know you're not going to need access to. So you can make sure, or you know, we with a lot of clients, we've seen them do what they call laddering, meaning they buy some three months, some six months, some nine months. So every few months, you've got some maturing so that if you need access to it, you can do it that way. So again, you can get a little bit more by looking at treasuries, but you want to make sure you know there there could be things move against you. So you just want to make sure you're being smart about that and not over committing to any one of these options. Okay. So quickly sort of to recap, the biggest thing I think clients should, you know, people should take away from today is if you're sitting on too much money in the bank, your bank is tricking you. There are better options out there. You know, there we've went there's even other options than what we talked about today. These are what I'm really seeing as the most common questions clients are asking. So if you're sitting on too much cash in the bank and you don't know what to do, I think you ought to consider looking at high yield savings accounts, potentially a CD, You know, if that makes sense, even the US treasuries or these money market mutual funds all can be good options. Make sure you talk with your financial professional to help you determine which one of those makes the most sense. So uh, if you have any questions on this or you're wondering how we may be able to help you manage your cash, you can reach out to us at 801-839-7056, or you can hit our website, www.wittenbergwealth.com, and schedule a meeting there. As always, don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends and family. Thank you for listening to the Wealth of Insight podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. Securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA SIPC. Investment advice offered through Stratos Wealth Partners, a registered investment advisor. Stratos Wealth Partners and Wittenberg Wealth Partners are separate entities from LPL Financial. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Wittenberg Wealth Partners. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.